Well, I ran across this sign this past week. <laughs> God put me on earth to do a few things. I'm so far behind, I'll never die. <laughs> How many of you feel like that? I mean, you ever feel like you get to the end of the day and you say to yourself, did I accomplish anything that was of value today? You ever find yourself asking, where in the world does all of my time go? Well, I got the answer for you today. A recent survey reveals that in the average American's lifetime, he or she will spend 22 years sleeping. We will spend 20 years watching television, playing video games, or surfing the internet. We'll spend six years eating. We'll spend five years of our lives just waiting in line. We'll spend four years doing housework. <laughs> we'll spend one year looking for lost objects. Where did I put my keys? We'll spend a full eight months of our lives opening junk mail. We'll spend six months just sitting at stoplights. No wonder we often feel like we don't get anything done. Our days are packed with appointment after appointment, so we run here and there and everywhere. Life is kind of like one big long rush hour at times, even here in quiet little Springville. A poll by the Fresno Bee reveals that 61% of us say we simply do not have enough time. We believe that we have more to do than we have the time to do it. And the stressful pace of our lives is out of control. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul gave us some sound advice in Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16. Let's read this out loud together. Live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as people who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. I mean, wow. You talk about a couple of relevant verses for our 21st century lifestyles. This morning, as we continue our series from the book of Proverbs, we're going to be seeking God's wisdom on my time. As Paul said, it's very important for us to make the best use of your time. Time is our most precious and valued commodity. If we waste our time, we waste our lives. If we lose our grip on our schedules, we lose our grip on life itself. And so as we've been reading and studying our way through Proverbs these past couple of months, perhaps you've noticed how many times that Solomon actually addresses God's wisdom on time. I can readily identify four principles, four steps that we need to follow if we are going to be better managers of our crazy schedules. Let's talk about them together. First, we must line up our priorities. Line up our priorities. Proverbs 17, verse 24, we read, An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. <laughs> 
We're, we're kind of like that, you know, circus act guy that spins the plates. You've seen that little act? Um, you know, they get one started, then they go to number two, and then they go to number three, and number one starts to waddle, so they, they got to go back to number one, and they keep going. I saw a guy on TV one time got 29 different plates all spinning. I mean, he was running around frantically, and I thought, man, that's just a picture of our lives right there. So oftentimes, it's just like we've got so many plates spinning. If you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, don't miss this. The secret to getting a grip on our schedules is not doing more, it is doing less. Doing less of what is not important so that we can focus on what is really important. Instead of a things to do list, many of us need a things not to do list. It's not the things that we do are necessarily wrong, it's just that they aren't necessary at all. We need to let some of those spinning plates fall. Isn't that what Solomon meant in Proverbs 12 and verse 11? It's stupid to waste time on useless projects. In other words, we need to make some choices. We need to line up our priorities. Now let's look at some of these verses right here in Proverbs chapter 16. You've opened your Bible there, so follow along with me. Proverbs 16, we pick it up with verse 1. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Then down to verse 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So let me ask you, do you have plans for your life? What ways, what course are you actually on today? It's amazing to me that we will make a last will and testament, but we won't bother to make a written statement of the goals and priorities of our lives. You know what that says to me is that we're better prepared for death than we are for life. We want to make sure everything's in order when we eventually leave this world. What about making sure everything is in order while we're still in this world? There's the thought. Over and over again, Solomon advises us to be wise and to think through our priorities, allowing them to govern our activities. Proverbs 13, verse 16. All who are prudent act with knowledge. Don't miss that word, knowledge. They act with knowledge. Proverbs 19, verse 2 puts it this way. It's not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss the way. There's a lot of people who have zeal without knowledge. I'm guilty of that at times. So are you. You know, we just charge off in every direction. We're doing all these 29,000 different things, and we're doing them with passion. Uh, but, wow, we don't know how to say no, really. Stand in front of that mirror and practice that. No. No. It's okay to say no. The point is, either our schedule will be governed by pressures from others that they choose for us, or by the priorities we choose for ourselves. Either our schedule will be governed by pressures others choose for us, or by the priorities we choose for ourselves. Which will it be? When we line up our priorities, it allows us to control our schedule and to stay on 
course. Proverbs 15, verse 21. Whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. No straying off course, no veering to the right or the left, no chasing tangents, no rabbit trails. You've got the goal in mind, you've set your priorities, and you're headed. I mean, the best way to get there is a straight line, a straight course. Proverbs says. Let's read Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27 out loud together. Read this with me. Keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. Know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. Don't make a mistake by turning to the right or the left. Great advice. So if we want to be better managers of our time, first we need to line up our priorities. Number two, we need to lighten up our attitudes. <laughs> Lighten up our attitudes. Okay, I'm preaching to Mark here. Notice what Solomon says in Proverbs 12, verse 25. By the way, if you don't need this sermon, I do. Just want you to know that. <laughs> okay? Just get that over with right from the very start. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of a person weighs it down. And judging by the looks on our faces and our body language, there's a whole lot of us here today who are weighed down by the stresses and anxieties of life. What we need to understand is that anxiety and stress is not an event. It's not something that happens to us. It's something that happens in us. It's an attitude. And our attitudes are something that we choose for ourselves. I mean, that's why two people can be going through exactly the same crisis at exactly the same time, and one person is at peace and at rest in the middle of that, and the other person is frantic and all freaked out. Very same situation. Why? Because one has chosen one attitude and the other has chosen another attitude. Frankly, we just need to lighten up. I love the wise instruction, Proverbs 14, verse 30. A relaxed attitude lengthens a person's life. Did you catch that? I mean, you know, if we would just lighten up, we'd live longer. That's what Proverbs tells us. Now, several years ago, I arrived in my office at one of the churches that I was serving, and I found in my inbox this cartoon. Which is a cartoon, if you can't see it very well, I'll explain it to you. It's a cartoon of a hammock, and there's a man standing as stiff as a board in the hammock, not laying down, standing up in the hammock, and his wife is calling to him from the door, when are you going to learn to relax? And somebody had anonymously written Mark right across the chest of that man. I, I kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, not really. It, it's the truth. <laughs> it's whoever this was that gave this to me, nobody ever admitted it. But uh, somebody had given me this cartoon because they knew that's exactly what I'm like sometimes. I, I just get so stressed out and I don't relax. I need to lighten up. By the way, did you ever notice that Jesus was never in a hurry? I mean, he was never stressed out over his incredibly... Busy life. At age 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. He already knew his purpose and he had already lined up his priorities. And then at the end of his life, when he's hanging on the cross, he says, it is 
finished. Oh, it was? Were all the demons cast out? No. Were all the people healed? No. Were all the people saved? No. But Jesus came to the end of His earthly life and He calmly said, It is finished. I've accomplished what I came here to do. And He could relax in knowing that His purpose was fulfilled. Let's read Proverbs 17 verse 22 out loud together. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. (laughs) Boy, I need that. Folks, we need to lighten up. We need to laugh again. Someone will say, well, I'll laugh again as soon as I feel better. And and I, I say to them, that's exactly backwards. You'll feel better when you laugh again. Have you ever said, someday I'm going to look back on this situation and I'm going to smile? Well then, why not smile today? (laughs) That's your choice. Lighten up. Humor is life's shock absorber. Learn to laugh along with life. You know, as a pastor, I've been there at times when people have gone from this life to the next. Many times. Over the years, and I've never yet ever heard anybody say at the end of their life, you know, I wish I'd been more serious. I wish I hadn't had so much fun. I've never heard anybody ever say that. But I've heard plenty of people say, boy, I wish I'd enjoyed life more. It reminds me of what I found. This was written by a friar, a monk, at a Nebraska monastery as his life was nearing the end. This is a friar now. Just take that in mind. He writes, If I had my life to live over again, I'd try to make more mistakes next time. I would relax. I would limber up. I'd be sillier than I had been on this trip. I know of very few things that I would have taken seriously. I would make more trips. I would be crazier. I would climb more mountains, swim more rivers, and watch more sunsets. I'd do more walking and looking. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. (laughs) I would have more actual troubles and fewer imaginary ones. You see, I'm one of those people who lives life prophylactically and sensibly, hour after hour, day after day. Oh, I've had my moments, and if I had to do it over again, I would have more of them. In fact, I would try to have nothing else, just moments, one after another, instead of trying to live life so far ahead each day. I've been one of those people who never go anywhere without a thermometer, a hot water bottle, a gargle, a raincoat, an aspirin, and a parachute. And if I had to do it over again, I would go places, do things, and travel lighter than I had. If I had my life to live over, I would start barefooted earlier in the spring and stay that way later in the fall. I would play hooky more. I wouldn't get such good grades except by accident. I would ride more merry-go-rounds and I would pick more dandelions. I like that. How about you? If you had to do it all over again, would you lighten up a bit? Then why not start today? <laughs> Look at what Solomon wrote, Proverbs 15, verse 15. When a person is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. When they're cheerful, everything seems right. Isn't that the truth? All about attitude. So, if we want to be better managers of our time, second, we need to lighten up our attitude. Number three, we need to listen up to others. Listen up to others. 
Look at these Proverbs. Proverbs 12, verse 15. Fools think they know what's best, but a sensible person listens to advice. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Don't go ahead with your plans without the advice of others. Proverbs 28, verse 26. Only fools would trust what they alone think. Now, we've talked about this principle so much during this study of Proverbs. I'm not going to dwell on it very long today, except just to say this. When it comes to balancing our schedules, we need the advice and the accountability of others. Our parents, our spouse, our close friends, our church leaders, our small group members. We need some people around us who have been given full permission to keep us balanced, who can confront us and keep us accountable, who can correct us when we overstep reasonable boundaries by the way Karen's that in my life years ago I gave her full permission to keep me in line and she does that very well because hello my name is Mark and I am a workaholic I'll admit that I love ministry I love work and I am out of balance I am I'm just going to tell you, I am totally wacky, crazy, ridiculous, out of balance in my life. And so I gave Karen permission years ago, would you rein me in? And she has, numerous times over the years. Sometimes with a two-by-four right between the eyes. (laughs) But I needed it because I know I get whacked out. (laughs) And I lose my perspective, and I don't even know I'm doing it, sadly. And so she brings me into balance. Who who do you have in your life that does that for you? Who holds your feet to the fire? Who do you have that you've given the permission to give you advice on your priorities? Who do you have that keeps track of you and how you manage your time? Enough said. So if we want to be better managers of our time, third, we need to listen up to others. Number four... Maybe the most important one of all, look up to God. Look up to God. Listen to Solomon as he gives God's wisdom on this one. Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11. Reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God, notice this, knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. It will make the hours of your day more profitable and the years of your life more fruitful. It's amazing. Proverbs 10, verse 27, reverence for God adds hours to each day. Listen, we don't need more time. We all have the time we need to do what God created us to do in life. Let me say that again. We have all the time we need to do what God created us to do in life. As a matter of fact, we all have the same amount of time. I have 60 seconds in every one of my minutes, don't you? I have 60 minutes in every hour, 24 hours in every day, 7 days in every week, don't you? Yes. It's exactly the same for each and every one of us. We don't need more time. What we need is more time with God. More time looking to Him as the master of our schedules and the Lord of our time. Right about the time I say that, you need to carve that time out in your daily schedule to spend some time with Him. Somebody comes back and says to me, but I don't have the time. Nonsense. 
the busier we are, the more we need to carve out time alone with God. I like the way Martin Luther put it. I think I put it there in your notes. I'm so busy today, I've got to stop and pray for three hours, not just two. (laughs) See, he got it. He understood. He was too busy not to pray. The point is, we need a daily quiet time alone with God in His Word and in prayer. It's one of the greatest stress relievers in all of life, by the way. Why? Because it gets our eyes back onto God. See, stress comes when we focus on ourselves and all of the circumstances going on around us. But when we look up to God, it changes our whole perspective on the rest of life. We read it earlier in today's text, Proverbs 16, verse 3. Let's read it out loud together right now. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Now, the commit to your to the Lord part, whatever you do needs to happen in the planning stage, not the doing stage. Well, I want you to hear me on this. If you don't, I mean, you got to get this one. I got to get this one. We are not about making our plans and then as we're doing them, asking God to bless them. Don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Instead, why don't you try doing what God is blessing? Get on His agenda. Let Him be a part of the planning process, the setting of your priorities, getting your goals in place. Let Him be a part of that. Commit to Him beforehand. Don't ask Him to bless your agenda. Get on His agenda for your life. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and then He'll establish your plans. One more proverb on this. It's my life verse, actually. You've seen it, those of you that have been in my office, it's on the wall. And it's on the wall for a reason, because it is my life verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. So if we want to be better managers of our time, forth we must look up to God. Amen, He said. Four principles then for getting a grip on our wild and crazy schedules. Four timeless practical steps for time management. First, we need to line up our priorities. And then we need to lighten up our attitudes. Then we need to listen up to others. And we need to look up to God. Proverbs. Seeking God's wisdom on my time. Imagine that you receive a phone call today that you have won. You're the winner! (laughs) And what you have won is that each night at midnight, $86,400 is going to be direct deposited into your bank account. But there's this little caveat. You must spend every single penny of that before midnight of the following day. And you must be accountable to the one who is the giver of that for every penny that you spend. How would you do? How would you fare? 
Well, in reality, God deposits 86,400 seconds into our time accounts each and every day, and they too must be spent wisely before the day is over. And the fact is, yes, we will someday stand before God to be accountable to Him for how we spent that time. Which leads me to Psalm 90 and verse 12. Let's read it out loud together as we close. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Make it count. would that be true in our lives that we would make every moment count teach us to number our days that we should spend them as we should make us more aware of this precious gift of time that you have given to us our accountability to you for it God I don't know about anybody else but (laughs) I really needed this lesson today Help each one of us, I pray, to be the stewards and managers of our time in a way that would please and honor you. Help us to line up our priorities, to lighten up our attitudes, to listen up to others, and most of all, to look up to you as the master of our schedule. That all we do and say and think would honor you. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.